The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. That's how we own it! Welcome to Street Politicians. I'm my son. And I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And, and this, this is, is the place where the streets and politics meet. We're so excited about our new partnership. Uh, Street Politicians is going to have a larger, a bigger, bigger, bigger platform. Huge. Huge platform. Super huge. <laughs> and that's going to be through um, our great friendship and partnership with Charlemagne the God. We're so proud of him and his new venture with iHeartMedia, the Black Effect Podcast Network. I got to say it right. The Black Effect Podcast Network. It's a lot of words, but it says all the things. All the things. All the things. It's black people talking about black issues, um, and it's through a black person who's committed to social justice, committed to black culture. And we are too excited to be able to have our podcast have right. some distribution so that it's people can blackity, hear it. Black, black. It's, that's what he says. It's blackity, blackity, black. So that's the new thing that folks need to know about street politicians. Right. And we're working on making sure that our podcast is enjoyable for all of you. We won't just be talking about politics. I know a lot of people think that, um, you know, we're just, all we do all day long is get up, go to no sleep man. doing politics, politics. Home. Right. So that's why we called it Street, street Politicians. politicians. So that we could talk about things that's going on just on the streets. In the hood. In the world. This week, uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. Oh, our, our organization, Until Freedom, uh, is very, very busy. And my son has been running around. You've been out in the street with Trade the Truth acting like y'all are artists or something, doing some type of album. Oh, listen. First and foremost, I rap my ass. Yeah. So that's first and foremost. You do that sometimes. But y'all been running around all day and night acting like y'all putting something together. It's not really acting. But shout out to my boy Trade the Truth. We literally just got off the phone. We putting together this album called If You Scared, Stay Inside. It's going to be one of the best albums of this year because it's... It's our perspective, like being on the front lines of this movement and also being from the hood and having that, merging that perspective. So we put together a soundtrack to the movement, like the soundtrack to the front line of the movement. 
Yeah, so, well, why does so? Why does it have to be so hard? Like, I, first of all, you know, I talk big stuff sometimes, so I, I'm always in trouble because my mouth, you know. So I get it. I'm not saying that I don't agree. I'm just saying that there are some people who may say, "Why does it have to be like if you scared, stay at home?" Instead of it being more inviting mm-hmm. and friendly for people. But it's usually more than likely it's going to be a scared person that asks that question. Because if you're not scared, then you get why I have to say that. Because a lot of people are scared. So it's few of us that aren't scared. Scared of what? Just period. To be outside, to be on the front lines, to utilize your voice, to sacrifice. You know, so this is what it is, and this is who we are. We are alpha males who stand on the front line, besides our black sisters. You know, protecting our black sisters, willing to sacrifice for our black sisters. So this is the perspective that we come from. So, so it's like in the movement. It's not like if you scared of another no, it's everything. dude. Not a dude like a dude. No, it's not really that like... because we our We've evolved past that. You understand oh, what I'm saying? We have. We've oh, evolved past okay. it. Now, we, we with it. If, the, if We're not going to be oppressed. We're not going to let you beat us up. We ain't going to let you harm us. You know what I'm saying? But we we don't advocate for that type of lifestyle. Oh, now, we just so willing. We are willing to meet you where you are. Oh, you understand okay. what I'm saying? So if you That's the evolution. Stay inside. The evolution of a street hood. Dude. You know, we're willing to meet you where you are. We don't advocate for anybody. Right. But we definitely running. Well, we talked about you guys being out here day and night acting like y'all putting um, together 12 projects. songs. Until I, I, 14. until I hear it, y'all are acting like y'all doing something right. and just using it as a reason for you and Trey to be in Kentucky, moving around, um, meeting people, and y'all go out. I don't know where y'all we find these men. We actually recorded this album. In two days. You did. You did. But now y'all are doing videos. So this is the new thing. So when we're working at the table, you and Trey is somewhere writing and talking. and Everybody got a job to do. That's what you said. So we're still in Kentucky. Still Um, in Kentucky. It's been two months. Two whole months. It's rough. It's a lot. You left your children. I miss my kids. My sons had a soccer game yesterday. They both scored goals. So I owe them gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, Kesson was on there talking about, I need to buy him a puppy. I'm like, puppy? Oh, Lord. I'm not buying nobody no puppy. Oh, Lord. Because the puppy turns into a whole other life that I got to yeah, take care of. Yeah, that's a child. Yeah, he ain't going to do that. He's going to pick it up, and then when it start crapping all over the place, he's going to come to get me to do it. When it's hungry, he's going to come. I'm not going to be involved. You're not doing a puppy. Well, I told him he could get, he wants something else for his Roblox game, but I ain't doing nothing for no puppy. But it's, it's difficult because it's like on one hand, we obviously um, – made a decision that I think was best for uh, not just our organization, but also just like the stress of taking planes back and forth, trying to get to Kentucky to stand with Brianna's family would have been very taxing. Um, And so it's like you always give up something, like you win on one side and you give up on the other because we gave up uh, the comfort of our homes, our families, and and all of those things and the things that we're used to, you know, our cars and all of that to move in together with other folks and trying to like figure out every day how not to kill each other in one space, which we haven't done bad. We've been all right. Because I think it's because our house is segmented. It is. You can go to your little corner. You go to your space, I go to mine, which we often have to do, especially when we was having our big debate last night about love and relationships you just walked out on us and said you wasn't going to be involved in that conversation because i don't i don't really agree nothing we said at all right okay so 
So it is what it is, you know. Tiffany Pop doesn't agree with you. She Tiffany produces on the back. No, no she does not. I brought that out yesterday. Okay. Shout out to Tiffany Pop. Always agrees with Tamika. She does not. So she just but, uh, was telling the truth. See, truth, Tamika tells the truth. My son makes up theories. That's what it is. Tamika, and so Tiffany, Tamika be Tiffany like, Pop was in yo, with the so truth. We went, that's exactly what it is. You don't no, even finish uh-uh, the sentence. She's like, well, well, if she said it already, said, listen, why would I need the to reason why it happened? Said. And she, you be starting like the reason why. It's, listen, that's right. right. And then you make and up like, the story yo, could you and you let go her to the finish next thing, what she said please. before you agree. Anyway, first you would have to finish what you're saying for somebody to agree with you. Tiffany Pop was like, that's right. What she's saying right now, yep, right there. You ain't even finished the words. I'm like, I, anyway, this is amazing. You left, and so that's one of the ways that we've been able to get through it. Yep. But it has been difficult to be away from our loved ones to and, and to and to be here in Kentucky. But then being in Kentucky gave us the ability to be able to get up and at the drop of the dime, be in with the local community, be here for important moments, plan, yep. organize. Um, so many people have flown in to be a part of our efforts, whether it be Irv Roland, um, who works with the NBA and some NFL players, whether it be Kenny Stills, Tori Russell, um, who else? Everybody Tiffany. don't want to. Tiffany Lofton from the NAACP, Leslie Redmond from the NAACP. Uh, Dewana Thompson. I mean, we just everybody. Yeah. Stephen Green, who Stephen is our Green. main man, exactly. and it's just been and it's so Trade many more. Trade the truth. Again. They've been able to fly in and stay here to be like implants, if you will, in Louisville to help with this fight to keep things going to stand with the local community. And so, um, I guess you know, you 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 give up some, you win some, you lose some, or I don't want to say lose because we never lose our loved ones, but. We definitely have made that sacrifice. And so now, um, while we're here, what we decided, I think the first month we thought we would definitely be here from August to September and we would probably go home. And then we continued to stay because we realized that Breonna Taylor is not just a woman who was killed. I say that all the time. She wasn't Mm -hmm. just killed. She was a person who had a very full life. And the things that she cared about in her life are things that matter to the community that she left behind. So now we find ourselves in a situation where we're actually building with the community, uh, working on our capacity building campaign, uh, helping some of the local organizations to grow and to train and to figure out ways to move forward in light of the fact that this major tragedy has happened in the community and things have changed. It's not the same here. so, so I've heard from so many, and we're going to be talking to activists and others, um, you know, as time goes on, as a part of this series that we're doing on Breonna Taylor, we'll be talking to a bunch of folks that have been involved in the case, but now we're on the ground in a different way. And then we hooked up with us, uh, State Representative Attica Scott, who we also will be talking to on Brianna's law, which will ban no-knock warrants. It was done in Louisville, which we know Katora Heron from the ACLU and Hannah Drake and others were able to get no-knock warrants banned in Louisville, Mm -hmm. but not in the state of Kentucky. And then there are states all over the country that still have the policy where police officers can use a no-knock warrant. And so we want to make sure that that is banned and therefore we support Brianna's law. That's the goal, you know, like you said. We realized when we came here that although Brianna was a major issue and a major problem that we needed to focus on, that it was so much more. And that Brianna, you know, life meant so much more and it created 
not only just a conversation, but it created a movement that was that was going to spark the world. Mm. You know, and that's what we realized. And we realized that we had to utilize our voice. We had to utilize our platforms. We had to utilize all our resources to put them here in Louisville because right now this is ground zero for the movement. Like what's, what's happening here is going to shape the next 20 to 30 years of our, of our lives. So, you know, we realized that we had an important part to play in that. You know, we had to be here for the family of Breonna Taylor. We had to be here for just the city of Louisville because when we got here, it wasn't just us working. It became family. It became exactly. like we actually That's moved right. here. So. We actually lived yeah. in Kentucky Took up residency. for a minute. Took up residency, temporary residency. Um, and and I think, you know, now as it's sort of, it's sort of winding down because we've got to hit the road, which, you know, obviously our GOTV efforts will take mm-hmm. us around the country. And as we begin the process of moving um, out of Kentucky, it's sort of like a bittersweet feeling because now mm. we've become one with people who, um, I, these are some passionate and very courageous individuals to see people hold down Brianna's name in the way that, she, they, that they have and to hold down an actual place in the middle of the city, a park with in Justice Square Park, mm-hmm. it's, it's for over a hundred years. I mean, hundred over a hundred days. That's powerful. Like Re-way. really, it's now two hundred days. I think since Brianna was killed, um, and and then on top of that, people have been out there protesting since then, and a lot of young people. And so it's a bittersweet feeling, but we'll be back. We're not going anywhere. And we are going to start this GOTV tour, which also includes Kentucky because there is a major Senate race happening in Kentucky. Major Senate major race. Major Senate race. Everybody Vote likes down to... Down ballot. Down ballot. Exactly. Everybody likes to talk about, hey, not Trump and Biden. I don't like either one of them. But then when it comes to showing up at the polls, you're not just going there to vote for the top of the ticket. Like you said, it's a down ballot issue. And if you want to know who's actually in charge of the policies, it's not so much the president that we need to be focused on, although we do need to vote in this election like we've never voted before. Yes, we do. However, we need to be focusing on down ballot elections, local elections, and one of the people that is running is the person who in my judgment is one of the puppet masters behind the scenes for everything that we see happening, all the craziness and outrageousness of this administration, and that is Senator Mitch McConnell. And Mitch, Mitch McConnell, McConnell. Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell the M? is no. Ah. And Mitch McConnell is up against uh, is he? He's actually up for re-election. So in this particular election cycle, the people of Kentucky have the right to decide whether he goes back or not to Washington. And there is a woman named Amy McGrath who is running against him. Um, we are not telling people who to vote for, but what we are saying is that if you want to see a change, you have to actually do something about it. Yeah. So you got to show up at the polls. And for our tour, we'll be everywhere from Alabama to Georgia to Florida to Michigan to Pennsylvania. We're going to be all across the state. But on the 13th of uh, this month, we're going to be going along with Breonna Taylor Foundation, the Breonna Taylor Foundation. I'm so excited about the family getting this foundation off the ground. 
Um, and we're going to be with them and the uh, the Louisville Urban League, which is led by our crazy dear friend Sadiqa Reynolds. Sadiqa, <laughs> Sadiqa don't play. Uh, we gotta have Sadiqa on. Gotta have Sadiqa um, too. And we're going to be out taking people to the polls to make sure that they get there, that they're able to vote and do what Thanks. they need to do. So that's those things are good. Like you know, you, you gotta actually be not just a protester, but you gotta be a policymaker. Listen, we got to turn protests into policy. Absolutely. That's our Take goal. A lot of people say, what are you protesting? Why are you marching? Because that's how you identify allies. That's how you see who is on the same page you are. That's how you create unity. That's how you say, we want this. And then you can take that protest and then you turn it into policy. Right. There is a strategy. Don't question our strategy from your couch. Don't armchair question our strategy. Don't sit in your house and question our strategy because well, we know what we. They'll are say they want to be able to question it, but yeah, but don't. No, but you can. You but can you can't. You like Linda says, stop being critics without credentials. Well, we I don't really want to hear you. If you're not doing nothing, don't tell me how to do something. That's right. You can't do nothing and tell me how to do something. See, if you're doing something, then you can critique my something. But you can't critique my something if you are doing nothing. I guess that was a bar. I mean, some might say. Is that what we call You know, it? I do my okay, thing. Well, you know, I'm a lyrical genius. You said you wrap your ass off, so I guess that oh, was one of those yes. opportunities for you to show that Listen. you actually are working on an album. It's done. Um, I don't know what it's done. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough. But these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch 
cards for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. So as we talk about me rapping my ass off, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that brings me into another topic. Mm-hmm. Meg the Stallion. Who, you know what I'm saying? Who I actually love. I think she is just so dope, outspoken. She is confident. She represents a black woman to the fullest to me, you know. And this week, she gave you a little shout out. She did. And you know, it's funny because it's funny because I remember when Meg Thee Stallion first came out, you were kind of like, hmm. And then you studied her as you do with artists all the time. And you was like, okay, she's official. Because I don't be sold. Because you know what I'm saying? When you first come out, they always bring out girls, and she got a fat bun, and this and that. And I'd be like, okay, I hear you. But what you but got? What, you, what else? You know what I'm saying? Okay, you got a nice body, but what else? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And as I started to listen to her, she had more. When she does interviews, there's content there. There's a, a girl who was in college that yeah, actually, that's true. you know, that actually told So I understand there's artistry, and then there's an individual. Yeah. You know, when I make the connection to both of them, I like who she, what she is and who she represents. Yeah. I mean, I'm super excited, super excited. And, and I've actually uh, had dinner with Meg. And so it's not, you know, some people think well, that folks she, just, like, yeah, people think person? that people just like jump up and, I mean, I never went to dinner with Beyonce, but she still put me on song. So I thought that was quite incredible. But that's oh, Beyonce. So it's a whole want, different thing. So but with Meg, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Beyonce, but with Meg, yeah. okay. you know, um, we had dinner together and I learned a lot about her interests, right? And how much she cares about the movement and young girls and the things that she wants to do. And what I found, uh, quite honestly, is that it's like, it's almost like a lot of artists don't know if they should or should not, when they should and should not, because they get criticized for doing it and not doing but that's it. Crazy. How they do it, what they you, do it. Yeah. But that goes into like, we did the double XL. Right. We interviewed exactly. the double XL, XL freshman's class, freshman. which y'all told me was so cool because so I didn't know so what dope. freshman's class was. The freshman class. And now I know it was actually a thing. A lot of these little young They're artists. They're so amazing. They're amazing. And they want to be involved. Mulatto. Mulatto is dope. You know, Fabio, who else? Um, oh, Lord, it was so many. You're going to so get yourself in trouble. Yeah, now you're going to have to come up with the whole list. But anyway, um, it was, yeah, and that was a great opportunity. And that's exactly what we're talking about. And it's like, you don't know if you should or shouldn't. If I don't say anything and just mind my business and stay under the radar, at what point are they going to attack me for it? If I do say something, how, what, when, and where? And so we were having that conversation. And then all of a sudden, I got a call from Kevin Lyles, who actually is on our board um, and is a great friend of mine. His company is uh, the management team for Meg. And they said they, you know, wanted to put a clip of my speech in something that Meg was doing. I didn't even know what it was. And I and don't do this at home. They sent me a release form, and that because because of the fact that I know Meg, well, not even just knowing Meg, I know Kevin very well. I had my lawyer look at it real quick. Never listened to it. Didn't look at anything. Don't know what's going on. And I was like, if it's good, and I'm not going to be in trouble, sign it. Don't ever do that. Read it, pay attention, focus, and make sure you're doing the right thing. But I was like, sign it, because it's Kevin. I trust him with my life. And the next thing I know, people start texting me talking about SNL, Meg Thee Stallion, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so dang on incredible. And in fact, one of our guests, attorney Lanita Baker, was the first person to hit me up and tell me that I was on SNL. I just was like, I was sitting there like, I told her, 
whoa, that's big. That was my response because I was so shocked it's about that's, it. That's so it's a good thing. But you know, it brings. You and Tippy Pop over there, Tippy no. Pop's over there clapping. Yeah. But that brings me to my question of the day, my thought of the day. You know, I, I watch the comments sometimes. Mm-hmm. Too much. Too much. Too much. And I see all of these people writing. That because Meg and her hit song, which you know I was in big trouble about why I was, they was, they went crazy when I said that I support honey. Let me tell you, they were so mad and I was over there telling them that WAP is the number one selling thing in the world. So I don't know how all of a sudden when it's been selling from artist to artist, been selling from Uchi, Wally, Bang Bang to... Eartha Kitt sold it too. I mean, we've been selling it. In fact, not only people selling it, some people are using it, but that's a whole different thing. Um, and this, and people buying it. And too. then people are buying it. That's what I'm saying. So like now all of a sudden when Meg and Cardi do it, because of the fact that it's 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 so uh, I don't know. It's it, it is explicit. We know that, but it's also but it's lights, cameras, people. action. It's but there are young people watching them. But there are young people. But see, watching that's my them. thing, right? But you know what I mean. My thought of the day, okay. and then you could argue with me, and then we got to move on. So the thing about it, though, is that what I struggle with is this judgment that people have of celebrities. It's as if these folks are just perfect individuals who just do everything one way all the time. That is not the reality of human beings. Human beings are very multidimensional. Some days we want to twerk. Some days we want to dance. Some days we want to sing. Some days we want to pray. Some days we don't want to get up out the bed. We go through different things, right? And the thing that I think or or my my thought is that I'm trying to help other people to come with me on this journey is why is it that just because Meg is talking about WAP, she's talking about savages, she's talking all of this good stuff or bad stuff, however you want to categorize it. She's extremely sexy. She's, you know, and, and, and it is very explicit at times, a lot of times. Why does that mean that she can't care about her community or can't care about, like, you think that they care whether you are a dancer or a ball player or a lawyer when they pull you over in the car and they kill you? They don't check your credentials of what you do. So why is it that she is not able to be a, an explicit, uh, sexy, confident artist who has number one hits, right? And at the same time, say Breonna Taylor. Like, because she could have been in her house and been Breonna Taylor. So I'm just... And, and mind you, some of the very people talking about this, they out here selling WAP themselves. So well, I'm really trying to understand. That's once again, critics without credentials. Mm. Armchair critics who just sit at home and talk. And you know, for me, it's like, we always want to call celebrities and influencers to the table and say, why aren't you saying this? Why aren't you using your platform to talk about these things? And then we criticize them when they actually do. So it gives makes a lot of artists say, I'm not going to say anything. Because right. I don't want to deal with the criticism because, you know, I haven't actually lived my life in a perfect way. So when I talk about things that are subsequent to our lives, you know, that really matter to our culture, that's, you know, how we are in danger right now. So when I talk about those things, you know, I don't want to 
hear the backlash of people saying that I'm a hypocrite. No, right. I'm not a hypocrite. Right. I want. I like to talk about why. I don't know. I'm, I'm coming from the street. I talk about. I don't know. But this we is should, a, but so, do we but, have to create a list of like the perfect artist that can no, speak so, up on the, the bottom issue line? Let me tell you something. There is, there's the no perfect anything. That's right. Every we. This is what until freedom is. You see these things. Until freedom is about anyone who wants the betterment of our people who wants to see us evolve anybody there is an intersection for you in this movement you can wear spandex you can work in the strip club you could came home from jail you want to change your life around you could be on a corner you could have been in a gang if you decide that you want to see better for your people and you want to do better and you want to utilize your voice and your platform, this is what we represent. That's, where, actually, that's what the that's movement's the supposed to represent. And see, that's what I think. And we, we, we need to do a whole new show. And also, we got to talk to Meg because there's so much. Meg, um, I think I think she here. needs to be a part of it. I think we need to talk to Cardi um, so we can have Cardi these BX, conversations. We so we can have here. these kind of, Cardi loves you. She's always my brother, my son, my brother, my son. Um, and she's been extremely supportive of us. And I think we need to have this conversation. But I also think that we need to do a show with our co-founders just to talk about who we're after. Because there's this perception that I can't believe Tamika would. And I have to explain, because I got calls from preachers and others saying, well, you shouldn't allow them to use you in this way. And when I finish explaining to them the audience that I'm after, I'm not after you, Reverend. Like, I want you to be an ally with me. And I hope that we can work together and that I could bring you in right. to help support the growth of, of some of these young folks and to be a part of the family that we're creating. But you are not Just the what? audience that I am trying to go after. I'm looking for the ones who are following Meg the Stallion. Exactly. That's who I want to talk to. I want to talk to We want the least of these. Right. I wanted to, we no, want the people not, that, don't say no, that. I'm because they are, don't no, say that. No, listen to what I'm saying. The yeah, people no. who have been edged out, the yeah, people okay, that said. But that's not true because well, there are some. I want the bottom yeah, two, be, two. No, because no. Because I don't want no, the least of Because no. Because no. Because no. So you don't want the least of these? Because there are people who are at the top of their game. But I still want the least of these. Yeah, I understand that. But don't be associating the least of these no, with, you associate. no you said that because but I, I was speaking to it doesn't matter I was speaking about the audience that we're after and then you inserted your word and said we want the least of these and those I'm two. saying don't we do though so, in, so, so do now we say that in your time I'm just but saying, when you interject in my time no that is another part of it okay, but it's cool. not even whether it's the least of these it is a mentality that people have that they are free that they free flowing okay, that, that they sense. sexy that they don't they not bound by some of the things that we have learned that you got to be certain type of thing your skirt got to be under your knees and this in order for you to be respected in the movement and i'm not saying that that's we want that too right we want those people to be with us to be allies with us but if we are going to actually make a change in society we've got to go to and meet our people where they are and they are not always in the church in the in the right places and the right spaces sometimes you actually got to go get them out of the juke joint like that's just what it is so what i mean by the least of these is not to deter anybody or talk down but the people who society says that's true who has cast that's away, true they, said, that's the true. people who society deem not able to speak on these things the, the, the people who a lot of organizations would have been like these people are not politically correct so we oh. can't be you, know, you cleaned it up well but that's what i meant no but that is what you mean because you definitely are uh, because i'm the least of these well, people say that about you. That's what sometimes I'm saying. And I be I have saying no it because you get on my nerves. I, listen, but, I take on that. But you, I, I'm from the bottom. Straight. 
we say that all the time. This is this joke, running joke that we have, and we got to move on. Where when I told you, like, my son, don't lean on the garbage can, or my son, you shouldn't eat that. Did you see that the shrimp still has the little piece of poop in it and yeah. this and that? And then you'll say to me, I, went, I was in jail for seven years. Yeah, I was in and jail. if I thought the I way that you, floors. you said, if I thought the way that you speaking this, your thing, I could never survive. You wouldn't have survived. But you're not in jail anymore. I get you. you what I'm trying to now, tell bro. you is that I know how to adapt to anything. Yeah. I don't need to sleep on the bed. I can sleep on the couch. I can sleep on the rug. I'm going to survive. <laughs> but we're not doing that anymore. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by the family of Breonna Taylor. That's how we own it. So we're back and we are here with uh, folks that I consider to be family. We consider. We consider to be family, family to Until Freedom, but family to us personally. And that is uh, the family of Brianna Taylor, but not just family. Brianna's mom, Tamika Palmer, and her sister, Janiya Palmer, who actually lived in the house with Brianna all the way until this tragic uh, incident occurred. And so thank y'all, first of all, for being with us on Street mm -hmm. Politicians today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited. You know they don't like to... Yeah. They don't like to do anything. They don't like to do anything. So we 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 special, <laughs> right? Like we call, we Facetime Janine. Like, yo, we need you to come. She's like, okay, all right, I'll be there. I'll be there. But she says no to everything. All the time. Every time I try to get her to speak somewhere, she's like, I put the mic. She just looks at me. <laughs> no, no. And I can understand. It's not an easy thing to talk about. It's not like somebody's asking you to talk about your favorite album or <laughs> you know a hairstyle or something like you know. We're asking you to talk about. A real, real, real deep, tragic, dark situation that you're living with every single day. And to not be in the spotlight all the time and then be thrust into the spotlight. Um, and again, not because you had a hit song or the best clothing or whatever, but because of um, the death, the murder of uh, your loved one, is got to be a hard place. Absolutely. There's nothing else to say. It's just a hard place. I know. I know. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is gonna make this year their year? 
These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. So let's see. I think for me and, and, and my son and I were talking a lot about how to, how to really approach this interview. Because... Um, we we also we love y'all so much that we don't want to put you through having to talk about things that we know i've seen you cringe when people ask you to meet the my namesake by the way yes. we spell it the same and everything um when people ask you to try to go back to uh, everything that has happened especially that night i see it on your face it's like the worst thing to have to relive that and Oftentimes, people who are in media, we don't like to think of ourselves as being in media, but we are. Um, people, they don't, they don't understand like the nature of like how real it is and how, how, uh, what's the word? This is not like for TV. Like it's, right. you know, it's a real thing that you're dealing with. And so they just ask the same questions and just constantly probing, looking for the thing that just kind of breaks you down so they could get the shot, you know. And, I, and we were like, we're just not doing that. Yeah, like, that's no, not what we wanted to do. Um, and so we decided that people can just go do the research on that night. I think the FX documentary that uh, the New York Times did is actually a good documentary. I don't think it's perfect. And I don't even know because we never discussed it. But I saw some things that I know weren't exactly accurate. But it is a good way to help people understand the basics around what happened. Your voice is in it. Kenny's voice is in the documentary. Um, and so if people want to know... And Janiyah is not. And Janiyah, right. I, I didn't realize that either until after... I we see happened. you in it, I think. No, Maybe. I literally you made sure I wasn't in the camera. I did not see you. Lord have mercy. And I dodged the interview. But, okay, so we got to fix that. Because you're a powerful voice, but we'll get to that in a minute. But, um, you know... We decided that people should go watch things like that to get the beginning. You know, at first we were like, are we going to ask about that night? No, because it's everywhere. You talked about it over and over again. And so with, where I think we should start and what we decided was that the thing that has us the most pissed off, and I keep talking about this over and over and over again, is that leading up to the last days before we heard from uh, Daniel Cameron, the Kentucky Attorney General, Sam Aguiar, your attorney, told me, and I checked with him to make sure I wasn't in trouble for telling this, but he said it was okay, that he spoke with the attorney general's office. 
And he told them, please do not have Tamika and her family go all the way to Frankfurt, which is an hour away from home. I guess y'all people that speed really fast here. This is the only place, by the way, where we go anywhere else, people don't drive right. Nope. But in Kentucky, we, we haven't been be complaining driving. about how y'all drive. Y'all drive a little fast here. Um, but this ride for 40 minutes or an hour, whatever, to get to Frankfurt to hear a bullshit decision. We didn't want that, right? He, he said, don't have them come for something that you know is going to upset her. One, and, and I, I think he said, um, because the ride back is not fair. Don't do that to her. And still, you were asked to come quickly. Yes. It gave you a quick turnaround to show up in Frankfurt, which you did. You went there. And so I think the first question that I have, and again, I'm sorry for having to ask something that I know is painful to talk about, but what was the drive going and the drive coming back like in light of the fact that you had already been told, or at least your lawyer said, don't have us come for nothing. So going, how are you feeling? Um, hopeful, you know, so like you said, they've, we've already said, don't make us drive down here for anything. And, and the fact that you call and you need us here in this short amount of time, so something has to come, something good has to come from that. So I'm not really sure of what it would have been. I, I, I never trusted Cameron to begin with, but I was a little hopeful because here I am driving this drive to hear whatever it is you have to say. Mm. And he um, could have called you on the phone. He could have called me on the phone. Mm -hmm. uh, coming home was terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, I threw up a lot coming home, so we, we had to keep pulling over, and it just was it was long. It was like I was never getting home, and so yeah, I finally did get home. I just I don't know. I was in bed just the rest of the day. I never mm. couldn't get up. Nah. Mm. And you were waiting, Janiya, to hear what was what happened. How did you feel? Did you you believe like okay, well she's going. It's got to be something good. That's exactly what I thought. Mm. And then I sat at home and watched it on TV with my best friend. Like, well, that was kind of blame. Mm. She could have stayed at home, and we could have watched it as a family. Mm. I think for me, you know, that's what that's what bothered me. You know, we were here with you guys, and you know, and we had been privy to a little bit of that information also. And we sat in the square with everybody else, you know. And when I heard when I heard it, for me it was just like I was just imagining Tamika driving home, mm -hmm. like after that. I just wanted to understand, like, like how why were you? Make this woman drive out there, for that. Mm -hmm. you know, and and that I was stuck for like probably for about thirty minutes straight. So I know that that. So basically, you saying before I remember when you had originally met with Cameron, which was months afterwards, because he never even reached out to you until how many months was it? Oh God! Uh, by then, it probably was four months. About mm -hmm. four months was the first time he even called you guys and. And he, what did he do when he called you? Gotcha. Uh, just the offered condolences. Um, just that uh, he would do everything he 
could to make sure the truth came out and um and that he would definitely reach out and talk to me before any um he released the information to the mm. public because that was part of the thing that we were tired of finding out um when the public found out mm. and you know that i thought it was disrespectful for one um but he assured me that that wouldn't happen again but but once again he failed he pretty much failed and it's like and i think that's what it was for me just understanding that and i remember after you had came back because you came over here and we sat and we talked for a while and y'all were not like you had much faith in the system or him, but you said that he seemed like he was authentic. Like he seemed like he wanted to do the right Like thing. he had a heart. Like yeah, he had a heart. Absolutely. That was the specific he, word. That's what it was. He he definitely acted as if he did, and it definitely was an act. Because even in the even the moment of him telling me whatever the decision was, he. Put on a show mm. is what it was. Mm. Wow. So finding out that the only indictment, because your your sister Bianca describes a moment where she feels like, oh well, I do hear something. You know, mm-hmm. there's some indictment that's happening, and so it's like not not that it, it was the the full justice or whatever, but it just sounded like something, and then. She says there was a moment, which I also heard a lot about, and we're going to talk to attorney Linda Baker, where she had to explain that the actual charge wasn't for someone killing Brianna. It was for the wall, Mm -hmm. the bullets that went in the wall. So he actually had you drive to Frankfurt to tell you that they were indicting the wall. Absolutely. The The bullets in the wall, you know, that was, that was what, I don't know. I don't know. And you always said you never had faith. Why? Because of the... Well, a part of it being the way the system has always been set up and the way it's always treated us as black people. Um, B, just because to to know, learn anything about the history of Cameron, I just, I never felt that this particular um, decision should have been left up to him. Mm. He wasn't equipped to do the right thing. Mm. And he also made a commitment when he took the fraternal order of police. That's mm-hmm. the police union. This is the people, the FOP, they are the, the, the big boys for the police. That's where the folk, the officers run to mm-hmm. for problems, for issues, right? So he, he took an endorsement from them, a national organization Every time a black person is killed in this country and it is a high-profile situation where police are involved, they come out and try to defend the police officer's actions. I think in George Floyd, they were a little like, well, you know, this was wrong. But that's because they know people could see right on tape exactly what happened. And so for them to try to go in the opposite direction, when folks were burning down Minneapolis, it probably wasn't the right way to go, right? Yeah. Like, it would have just incited more. But And so that's a political move. Definitely. Because they haven't shown that they actually care about black bodies. And so when, when, you're, when Daniel Cameron is standing there and he's accepting their nomination, in, I mean, their endorsement in 2019, I think, he says, I understand exactly what this endorsement means. 
I will be the voice and advocate for law enforcement. So why would we ever think, even though I was hopeful, I was hopeful, but why would we ever think that he was going to be Brianna's advocate, which is so painful? Absolutely. So, which is why I say he was never equipped to do that job. He stood, he had already accepted to be on the police side. Yeah, he already made that decision. And we see it now, it's clear. Yeah. People thought we were a little crazy, like yeah. he was just saying it. Now we like, so, oh yeah, the little in, emoji. In hindsight, when you sit there and you actually look back, he knew this weeks ago. Right. Absolutely. Because he never actually even presented anything that looked like justice for Breonna Taylor. So he called you when he could have, I mean, he made you drive up. He could have called you a week ago when he presented <laughs> it to the, because right. he knew he never presented anything that was going to get justice for Breonna Taylor. He knew that the moment they were putting boards up on windows down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he chose to drag that out. He chose to torture me and my family even more. He chose that. You said something about uh, how it feels that your daughter has died over and over again for 194 days at that time. At the time. Wow. Yes. And how many days has it been now? Oh, goodness. So- I- it's just time to stop it, counting it, it the de- days. Yeah, like we I think that day, it, that day killed me out. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot goes on, and everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a story, and you know, me knowing you guys, and y'all like my family. You know, I'm. We know, together, we together. Like I, no, we're family. We are family. Forever. <laughs> Literally. Not even the word like, y'all family. So I take a lot of stuff personally. So I just want to know, like, this is something that's been going on constantly hearing it over. Does it bother you? How does it make you feel when people constantly say that Brianna was a drug dealer? Uh, disrespected. Angry. Yes. Um, I could go on forever. She's always texting me. <laughs> I know you said I shouldn't be disrespectful to grown people, but they, they're pissing me off, and, mm, you know, and mm, mm, so mm. it's, it's, but at the same time, there's people who in the beginning were saying those things who are writing me now on social media. I'm so sorry that I ever thought that. I'm so sorry. Cause the more this story comes out each day, there's a new piece of information that shows that these officers were wrong, that Daniel Cameron was wrong, and there's people who wish that they were never on that side. That's right, know? that's right, that's right. And I know we can't talk about the legal case because there are other legal avenues that your attorneys who will be coming up after you um, will talk about. But this idea that suspicious packages is going where you live, does it make you feel like, I lived it, I'm telling y'all that we didn't have, I mean, Talk about how that makes you feel, knowing that people are making up a storyline. And the police made it up. Absolutely. To be clear, they made it up because it's very obvious at this point that the Postal Service told them more than one time, no packages, no packages, no packages, even a month after Brianna was killed. The officer went back, tried to ask again while they're building a case. Mm -hmm. And the post office said no. Yep. It's annoying because if they really know, all those packages was for me and her because we both were going on vacation a week apart from each other. Mm, so, so you it's like getting your stuff, whatever. You get everything we needed for our vacation. So but the annoying. thing is, everybody uses Amazon, I'm, this and that. Like, this is what we do. Well, not only that, 
it's everybody all of us who order things send it to that house because somebody's always there to get the packages there because you know um her the neighbors and everybody will look out for packages so i order everything goes to this house my sister everything goes to this house so and they assume that just because we're black and that somebody in this situation has a, a sketchy background that it just makes Brianna Taylor and her home, your home, the trap house. It's not, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable because to know Brianna is, she is, she's the person in a heartbeat will say, if you get caught with something in my car, I'm telling. I got stuff to do with my life. I'm telling. Like, yeah. that's just the type of person she was. So it just, to hear those things pisses you off, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it pisses me off. <laughs> more you know, than, than that? More than you. I don't know if it's more than you, but I know I'm very pissed off. Like, I go to Janiah's page sometimes, and I see, like, little video clips that she posts of her and Brianna, and it's just like, like how did this happen? You know, how do you how do like when you po when you're posting those videos, like do you just be in the house and just thinking about things or like what goes um, through your mind? A lot of times when I post them it's because they're coming up in my memories. Um mm. but it's just like it's my friend. Mm. Your friend. Your friend. That's a big deal because you can have a sister, sister that, ain't you. that ain't your friend. Yep. Yeah. See a lot of those. Yeah. But, you know, do you think you're suffering a little bit, or do you think that Janiya is suffering a little bit from survivor's remorse, a feeling of, like, I should have been there, should have been um, me? I don't necessarily think she thinks it should have been her, but I definitely think she thinks, oh, I should have been there, as if something could have been, well, I, something could have been different. They both could have been gone mm. had she been there. Um, there's a number of things that could have been different had she been there, you know? So I think God put her exactly where she needed to be and she needs to understand that. You struggling with that? Not being there. Yeah, I wish I didn't go to California. Yeah, but God can do things. All the things. Do things. Because you told me when we first met, you were like, oh, this is my room and this is where a lot of bullets were and I would have been in there. Yeah, I would have. Wow. So I think we, you know, we're winding down. And I want to ask you guys about Kenny. I love you some Kenny. <laughs> we all have to. I seen him last night. Kenny is Kenny our is, guy. We see you know, we asked, because my son and I were talking about this. He was like, y'all, you know, you want us to protect you. You want us to protect you. You want us to stand in the gap. You want us to do these things. He wasn't talking about this issue, but in other things. And we both were saying today, as we were preparing, that Kenny did the thing that we ask our men to do. And yet they're using it to try to frame him as being the, the reason why, what, like Kenny shoot, he didn't fire a warning shot and did a, a warning shot and then they went and got a botched warrant. That happened first, but that seems like that's just not a part of the conversation. So how is that relationship? Um. So, I love Kenny. I think Kenny did exactly what he should have done. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people who say they wouldn't agree, but they're also the people who've never been put in that situation. Right. So, um, but I think that also Kenny is having a hard time dealing with mm-hmm. how that, you know, he thinks it's, 
what if I wasn't there that night? Maybe I shouldn't have been there and, and this could have played out different. But for me, I think is if he wasn't there, who knows what they would have done to her. Mm. And he's the only person who can tell us any type of anything from right. that night because the police still hasn't done that. Mm. Right. So he's the one, he's where you're getting the details about Brianna's last moment. Absolutely. Mm. That's wow. just, you know, and he's such a good guy. He really is. You know, he, and he loved Brianna so much. And now he takes care of Janiah. He's a nurse. <laughs> I think they take care of each other. I think so. Uh-huh. That sounds I about see. right. You, let me correct it. They Real brother and sister. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, one day we'll get to ask Kenny, you know, does he feel, is there any guilt in his heart, you know, that maybe, like you said, maybe I just shouldn't have been home, you know, yeah. there with her that night. But I know we're proud. We're yeah. proud of the fact that he tried. He tried to, to protect his home. He tried to protect his woman. And what he did was not the reason why this happened. It was Absolutely. a part. They caused all of it. And he was a He had a role in what, what took place. So I don't know. You know, the last thing we want to talk about, which we already kind of touched on, is the online trolls. Because I've had to call you and say to me, God, you cannot <laughs> actually say the things you're thinking. On the internet, mm-hmm. I, I am. Um, <laughs> How you gonna tell Janiah and you doing it? Well, because I'm her mother. Don't do what I do. <laughs> so that's number one. But number two, and I still have a job as a mother to to pr- to protect my kids. And although she's not here, I'm still going to protect her. I'm going to protect who she was, her name, and and what she could have been. So. Yeah, sometimes I get caught up in those moments, but I don't think there'll be there'll be plenty of days I'll still get caught up because I'll never stop. You ain't, alone. you ain't alone. Especially the week of the settlement announcement. That was a tough week because people were just saying the most ignorant stuff ever. We're going to talk with your attorneys about mm-hmm. that. Um, but, you know, one of the things that you did, and I think this is a, a note that we can end on, is that you were very adamant that the settlement agreement would not just be a settlement for money, but that there will also be reforms included in that settlement process. And I wanna say that I'm really proud that that's something that you focused on. And it also uh, taught your family, your entire family and the community in Louisville and across the country, what it looks like to stand up, not just for your own child, but for other people's children. And certainly it also means a lot for me and my own family. And I just, I want to I wanted know what was the mindset going into it and how do you feel about it now? You feel like you did exactly the right thing? Uh, yeah, I definitely still feel like I did the right thing. And as far as the mindset, A, I feel had a lot of those things been in place that wouldn't have happened to Brianna, mm-hmm. but I have to make sure that Janiah doesn't become a Brianna. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. that was it for me. Yeah. So for me, right? Cause I, cause people are just so ignorant, right? And I just hate having to, me just saying this. The civil settlement had nothing to do with the criminal case. Absolutely, absolutely. Not. Not. There was no. You did not settle and say you have a gag order to where you cannot talk about Brianna's case. And, and justice for Brianna. 
But the only people who think that are Facebook lawyers, internet <laughs> lawyers. I mean, it's I, the worst thing. I go on Facebook <laughs> and they be like, "She took the money, so she knew she was gonna do this." They paid her off. I'm like, "What are you talking? Where did about? you get? Where did you from? get this information? How can anybody pay you for your child's life? I mean, mm. what's the price tag for that? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, and 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 we do get caught up in the comments, which I suggest <laughs> that you don't talk to trolls, especially as Teslin. Uh, Figaro, our girl says, don't talk to people who have, they not even give you their first and last name. Right. You don't even know who they are. Right. And you sit up there arguing back and forth with nobody in the air, yeah. making yourself, your blood pressure's going you like, up. You arguing yeah. your blood pressure's Ooh, up. Some days. I know, I know, because you want to give them your address. Yeah. And say, and pull up. With, that's right. I'm with it. About mine. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, the, the the issue around the settlement piece for me was I've seen people get charges for the cops and zero dollars mm-hmm. or one million dollars or, you know, a, a very small settlement. I've seen people get settlements, no justice. I've seen so many different scenarios, a little, you know, charges that are very light and a little bit of money. And so... This idea that there's one model or one thing, we're trying to create that as we go along. We're trying to, as you guys did, push the envelope, receiving the largest settlement that anyone has received, a black woman. Now, we know that Corin Gaines, um, which is another black woman who was killed by police in Maryland, that she, her family has a settlement that is larger, but that settlement has been stopped in its tracks by the courts. So we're talking about receive in terms of I ain't in your pocket and in your business, but the paperwork is signed and the people going to get it done. In her situation, we don't know what's going to happen. So to date, this settlement that you all have is the most historic for a black woman killed by police across this country. And, and you included reforms, policy changes Which has that are specific to what happened here in the Breonna Taylor case and some other things that community members wanted you to include. That's powerful. To, it's, the, it's the reform for me. For me. Yeah. It's the reform <laughs> okay. And that's why you are going to be the leader of Until Freedom. <laughs> that's that's right. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. We no. need organizers. We need people who want to take on that role. And right now, listen, you've been pushed into leadership. You've been pushed into this role, and I just want to tell you that you wear it with grace. Mm-hmm. You wear it with honor, with class. Yeah. Since I've met you, you have been a classy woman. You have wanted to say the worst things, and you've <laughs> taken your time. You you know when to speak, and you always speak powerful, and you always. And I know that Brianna is looking at both of you, and her le- She's a legend. Yeah. And you made her a legend. You you've made your daughter a legend because the way that you continue this work the way that you stand in this gap the way that you stand up and you stand with your shoulders straight Mm. and your head high Mm. and you represent her no matter what they throw at you is just phenomenal so i just want to say thank you legendary for sure thank y'all so much for doing this with us today thank you thank you janiyah we appreciate thank you (laughs) janiyah thank you for having us and we love y'all we love y'all we love you to life Breeway. 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 You know. Breeway. Right. That's how we own it. Welcome back to Street Politicians. This is part two of our series on Breonna Taylor. 
So we've been joined today by two people who I just love to talk to and hear from um, until freedom has been guided in uh, how we operate um, around the, the true details of the Breonna Taylor matter because Breonna Taylor doesn't have a case. To be clear, she never had a case in her life. So she does not have a case. She is not on trial. But in the Breonna Taylor matter, the matter of her being killed, we've had to turn to these incredible attorneys. And there's one missing, uh, which is attorney Benjamin Crump, uh, to get real true facts. Because this Kentucky, first of all, Lanita, your hometown, um, and Louisville, Louisville. specifically... Things travel fast around here. People get messaging and things and whatever mixed up. Telephone game goes down here. And so there's all kinds of information that's out there uh, that is not accurate. So we've been guided by truth and facts by turning to attorney Sam Aguiar and attorney Lanita Baker. And of course, our brother who is not with us attorney Benjamin Crump so that when we're out here speaking that we're telling the truth and even in instances where people want to be um you know sometimes folks want to they want to they want pity so they say oh she was sleeping in her bed when she was shot and y'all have said no that is not true she wasn't sleeping she was sleeping before the police knocked and she heard a knock and she got up so you guys have not tried to put out details that would just uh, lend itself to your position, but just the facts. Just the facts. So, no need to embellish a story that's already so tragic. Like, we didn't need to embellish it. Right, that. right. So, first of all, how are you guys doing? Host Daniel Cameron coming back, um, which we, 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 we talked a lot in our uh, segment with Janaya and Tamika Palmer, about that phone call that you made, Sam, to the attorney general's office to say, do not make this young, this lady drive, this mother drive a distance to hear something that we know is not justice, true justice for Breonna Taylor. And it happened anyway. Daniel Cameron's office allowed you all to be there in Frankfurt, 40 minutes to an hour away from, um, from where you all live in Louisville. And I just want to know, like, you know, how do you feel? What's the human side of hearing that there was not only no charges related to Breonna Taylor, but that the only charges um, that have been, that there was an indictment for was bullets that went into a wall? No, we should hear from you first, Sam, because you always want to tell Lanita, you always pushing a black woman forward. We appreciate it, but we want to hear from you. Uh, so Lanita's got a great voice and... and um, Unfortunately, I've been through this before. So, you know, last police shooting case that I had, um, I vowed never to have to see a family go through that again, to have to go all the way down to meet with a you know, district attorney, which you call down here, I think you mentioned before, we got weird names down here. But, but to go meet with the DA and just have them, you know, look you in the eye and say, you know, there's no justice coming here and do it nonchalantly. So we didn't want that to happen. Um, for Tamika Palmer, I mean, God bless that family. They're incredible. And um, to go all the way down to Frankfurt to get that news, to find out that we actually got the news after the rest of the country got the news. Because mm. by the time that we were actually in that conference room and, you know, they were putting on their little uh, show uh, to try to 
show this faux sympathy for and everything, you know, it was after the rest of the country had already heard everything. Mm. And, and since then, it's gotten so much worse because now, you, you know, you start to learn what was going on in that grand jury room. I mean, just imagine uh, 12 people today. The mayor says, hey, I'm going to put you in a room. Um, we got James over here. We got Jessica over here. And we're going to spend three days going with you. And then at the end, you got to tell us which one needs to be our next police chief. And you go through and you learn all about James, you learn all about Jessica, and you're already starting to feel like the people, the mayor's office is, really wants you to pick James. Mm. But you keep asking all these questions and you keep learning things. And then on the last day, just imagine, 10 out of 12 of you are ready to make Jessica your next police chief. And the mayor walks in and says, hey, um, time to vote, but you can only pick James. And... If you don't want James, then you can just leave here right now, but you can't pick Jessica. So 10 of you want to pick Jessica, but you can't. And then you watch the mayor get on TV later and say, you know, the grand jury decided and we agree that James should be our next police chief. Mm. Mm. Just imagine if you're that grand juror sitting at home. And then imagine if all of a sudden you see that that mayor had actually endorsed James previously mm. and that James had contributed to his campaign. Mm. That's what we're dealing with right now is a grand jury that just feels like they have been betrayed and a country that feels like they've been betrayed and a family that feels like they've been betrayed. And um, it's been awful. Mm. I think for me, just listening to that, the whole grand jury process in itself is dangerous. You know, when they make this statement about you can indict a ham sandwich, it's based on that reality. You know, it's based on the reality that if you show them something to say this is the only thing you can do, then what else do you have? What, what? The thing that, that I do want to point out here, though, is in listening to those grand jury tapes, this was a damn good grand jury. Mm. They were asking the right questions. They were involved, engaged. But it's the prosecutors that were involved that tarnished the whole process explain that to us yeah what so, does that sound like yeah that sounds like pro the the prosecutors involved uh in presenting the case to the grand jury they knew going in on monday morning when that grand when they started presenting evidence that at the end of the day all they were gonna the only charges that they were going to present were the wanton endangerment charges against brett hankinson so they put on this show of, you know, it's going to take us three days of presenting evidence, grand jurors asking questions only for not the witnesses to answer the questions, but for those prosecutors to, to answer questions, for the grand jurors to say, hey, we want to see all the body camera uh, footage, but for the prosecutor to say, oh, we don't have time for that. Mm. And in most states, in, in, in Kentucky, the case is that the prosecutors are supposed to be advisors mm. to the grand jury. So if the grand jury wanted to see all of the video, prosecutors were supposed to make, even if it took the whole week, they're supposed to make time and let that grand jury see all of the video. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that if the grand jury had been presented with charges against all of the officers and homicide charges uh, on behalf of Brianna, that there would have been indictment, an indictment for all of them. Mm. You think so? I think so. Um... But not only that, I think that these grand jurors were deprived of, you know, we're here for months, Daniel Cameron, I want to turn over every rock and get to the truth. I think they were deprived of truth. Mm. You know, I mean, we've got good evidence capabilities these days. You know, unfortunately, 
for people if they don't realize that everything that you put on your cell phone, it's there. This grand jury got no cell phone forensics. Brett Hankison had 120 phone calls and text messages within the six hours after this shooting, and this grand jury never even heard that. Mm. This crime scene was tampered with so badly, and I think this grand jury picked up on that. And because? You had evidence. No, I mean, what, oh. what makes you think the grand jury picked up on it? It was what you heard in the They in were the asking questions. Mm. You know, at one point you have a grand juror ask, hey, uh, that bullet that was in there, I didn't see that earlier. Where did that come from? Mm. You know, and... Ask him, where's the blood? If this was a femoral artery shot in the house, where's the blood at? So, um, Tom, tell us, we got this street yeah. pop. Yeah, we okay. got to break it street level. So, if you shot in your artery, your femoral artery, which is in your thigh, that area, um, there's going to be a lot of blood. Almost like when you watch scary movies and the blood's just squirting out. There's going to be a lot of blood from one of those. There's no blood on the inside. The only blood inside of Brianna's apartment is from Brianna. Mm. There's none on the outside of the immediate outside of the door. You don't get blood until you get to the parking lot. Oh, you want to? Yeah, you want to go street politics? You yeah. know? Yeah. Let's yeah. let's let's put it this way: If Kenny Walker just you know without a doubt shot John Mattingly, where the hell's the blood? Mm. Why does that bullet enter in the middle of his thigh and enter up? You know much higher and how come it's a full metal jacket bullet that they're saying that shot John Mattingly when Kenny Walker's gun clear as day is shooting hollow points mm. and who puts a wallet what band puts a wallet in their front pocket so mm. you know it, it, there's so many things that this grand jury did not hear yet they were still ready to indict mm. and when you're Daniel Cameron and you're a prosecutor just like Lenita said you were there to assist them but if this grand jury at the end of the day says, we want you to draft indictments, we want you to you know, educate us on what charges we can pursue, a prosecutor can't just sit there and dodge it and say, well, you know, all you got is three counts of wanton endangerment when you've got a body of 12 people, 10 of whom I believe wanted to indict every single of these one of these officers for felonies and for more than just that. Um, so there's a lot of explaining to do right now. But, you know, Mazana and Tamika, the biggest problem we have right now is that because Daniel Cameron decided to step in as the top prosecutor in the state, to get recourse here is difficult. It's mm. not impossible. Mm. It's not impossible. We don't have double jeopardy. So, so, again, talking to everybody, you always hear about double jeopardy. That doesn't apply here. Mm. There were no indictment. You know, there was not a no true bill. Yeah, there was it no never bill. went to a jury. Mm -hmm. mm. So, um, for me, so basically he just circumvented the whole process. He... He, he made, made an a decision arbitrary decision that the, the jury that she, she they didn't even deserve their you know their day in court that the jury didn't even need to hear anything because in his mind they weren't guilty of anything. Right. And, and the disappointing thing is that he put on this show as if he did, as if mm -hmm. he did, as if the grand jury made these decisions along with his office, as if they as if they were on board. Um, from May until September, he made this whole show about, oh, I'm doing my independent investigation. Well, when you listen to the grand jury recordings, 75 to a large percentage of it is, are the same interviews that the Louisville Metro Police Department's Public Integrity Unit conducted. So it wasn't much So you didn't do more. anything. Oh, it was worse than that. I mean, you know, you got one officer interview that he gave the morning of the shooting. 
and he's talking about how Kenny Walker shot 15 times and there was bullets going out everywhere and how he saw Brett Hankison walk up to the front door and shoot in there and he says it three different times. Well, the Attorney General's office doesn't want the grand jury to hear all that because it doesn't fit their narrative. So they re-interviewed this guy six months later and they only play that interview wow. for the grand jury. They do not play the interview you know, from right after the fact. And it's just... None of these officers turn in the full loadout. So, so, you know, when they're counting their rounds, none of these officers on scene have the amount of bullets they're supposed to have. Mm. All these bullets that are in this place, they only recovered half of them, no MPD did. And they couldn't match some of them to any of these guns. And you've got so many other things going on, but it seems pretty damn obvious that Daniel Cameron made a political decision very early on that... My allegiance and loyalty to this FOP, mm-hmm. to make it just like you're talking about, Trump's pun intended, yes, any justice that this woman and this family deserves. And all that grand jury got to hear was 20 hours worth of whatever they knew would be enough to basically tell all of us, hey, they heard a full case. Mm. And he just thought because of the grand jury secrecy that he'd be able to get out of there and say, listen, you know, we put on 20 hours worth of testimony and evidence and witnesses. And sorry, but this grand jury decided not to indict. Thank decided God. Decided not decided. to indict, to me, is a lie. It is right? a lie. Right. It, it's, it not, is it's a lie. A bold it, lie. It's a bold because they lie. Because dis- you can't say someone decided not to do something that they would never, it was never an option for them to do, to do in the first place. And, but, but I want to ask you, so is there, because everybody's like, what can we do, That's right? Amazing. So we want to yeah. talk about that. But before, there is the issue of the one person who is the witness that said he did hear an announcement uh, of police being on the other side of the door. And this is important because what we're talking about, folks have this idea that no-knock warrants means there's no knock. That's not what a no-knock warrant is. It can be. It could mean that they just show up, they don't knock, and they just break the door down and, and do what they have to do. But no knock has other elements, meaning that they don't have to announce who's on the other side of the door, right? They have the right to enter without you understanding who's actually at your door, right? Right? Okay. So when we say that they did not, that they used a no knock warrant, what we're saying, or what I understand to be clear, is that they did knock, which is what woke. Uh, 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 excuse me, Kenny and Brianna up out of their sleep and other people because other people are saying they heard some banging. But when Kenny and Brianna approached, she, I think I heard him say, kept saying, who is it, who is it, who is it? Because to be clear, this is Brianna's apartment, right? right? So Kenny is there with her as her boyfriend. He's there with her. But she's basically, hello, hello, at my house. Who the heck is at the door? And there's no response from the other side based upon what Kenny said and however how many other 23. witnesses? 23. 23 witnesses. So I said 12 somewhere the other day. I got to get my stuff together. Oh, I've been saying 15. I had to double count. It's 23. Okay, so 23 other people. So they didn't hear anything. But they have produced for the grand jury one person who, y'all tell us about this this person, but one person whose story is, is different. His story is different. And... That was the only witness, I'm, I'm just making sure, that was presented to the grand jury as to whether or not the police announced themselves. Kind of. Okay. So 
So what was bad about this is when Daniel Cameron got up and grandstanded and said, these officers knocked and announced. You made a very good point. Under the law, United States Supreme Court law, a no-knock warrant means that you can just beat the door down and go right in. A knock and announce situation means you have to knock and announce. You can't just knock and beat down the damn door. You have to announce. This warrant had been converted to a knock and announce warrant, so they were required by law. When was that? It was done that day, and it was done that day because had it been a no-knock, they would have had to score it differently, and the SWAT team would have had to have been present. Mm. They wanted to hit that house for who knows what reason, but they converted it to a knock and announce. So where it's really important to Mika is, is if they did not announce... They did not comply with the warrant as it had been converted. Okay, we we gotta Let's slow it all the way down because you know I'm 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 so challenged with some so, things. I need to understand. So, yeah, you, so basically, what you're saying is the no knock warrant has a different criteria. The no knock warrant means that you could just knock. You don't have to say anything. You just bust the door down and run in. And it's so more dangerous. It's you more have to have dangerous. A SWAT team. Definitely. Uh, with the knock and announce means that you have to knock and say it's us the police before you enter into them and it's more than that you have to give them at least a reasonable amount of time to comply mm. so it's not like you can just start banging that door saying police. you know with that ram saying police search warrant no you're not so giving them time easy. to comply. this is way worse so yeah because so see i'm, I'm this is a new detail every day just every by the day. way yeah. this case every day a new detail comes out I was under the impression that they were only there. And I did hear something about a conversion. I was like, I just can't. I can't. My brain just can't take anymore. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me that at first they had a no-knock or they applied for a no-knock warrant. Correct. That was approved. That was approved. And then something happens. Internally, they converted it from a no-knock warrant to a knock and announce. Because they were like, in order for us to do this no-knock thing, we got to be able to send all these other guys and gals out. We got to do a whole lot of things. We we can't do that. So that's why one of the reforms that that, uh, we negotiated during the settlement was that if you're going to ask for a no-knock warrant, or well, no-knock warrants are banned in Louisville. So, but when you send in that warrant affidavit or the warrant affidavit and the SWAT matrix. So that's a, a SWAT matrix is a form that officers have to fill out when they're going to execute a search warrant. You get a certain score, you have to use SWAT or ha- and a, a middle score, you have to consult with SWAT to see if SWAT's going to. And then if it's a lower score, you don't have to consult SWAT at all. So that's all the matrix is. Uh, because they changed the, from a no-knock to a knock-and-announce, allegedly, after um, getting the no-knock warrant approved, a lot of people, SWAT was under the impression that there was not going to be a warrant executed at Brianna's house. But what we wanted to do is you can't change, once you apply for it, if you're supposed to have SWAT, and the reason we say SWAT is because they, they're accustomed to executing these types of warrants. Mm-hmm. They're typically, they do it in a, in a safer manner than officers not trained under SWAT. Brianna be with us if SWAT she would, had executed yeah, that. She, and so that's why. So now you have to get fill out that you have to get that SWAT matrix approved by a commanding officer before you even go to a judge. So you can't just go call the judge in the middle of the night or whatever. You know that's how we say. It. Yeah. You call the judge in the middle of the night and say, "Hey, I got a warrant. I'm bringing them by. Can you sign all of these? Okay. You know, it's very administrative uh, in terms of what we think the process is right now. Right. And we've had judges to say that if you're not careful, you find yourself signing warrants like you're pushing paper and not really doing the work to understand what I'm signing here and how people's lives could be put into danger, you know, because of it. 
So now I just, I'm going back because I want to make sure. What we're saying is that once this warrant was converted, so first of all, even if it had just been a no-knock warrant, the premise that they used to apply for it, for the affidavit, application, whatever, was always false because they were using the fact that there were suspicious packages going to Brianna's home and, um, and, and that, that made her house the trap house. Right, so that was always false because the post office said no, no, no. And I thought the post office said no once. They said no four times. Exactly. They said no four times and said it in a way that was the last time, as far as I can see, was like, don't ask us again because we're not getting involved with whatever it is you're trying to do. No, no suspicious packages, right? So that, even if it was no knock, that was already botched, that whole piece. Now we turn around and find out, which I'm learning right here, is that it got converted because at some point internally they were like, no SWAT, no this, no that. Okay, let's just do a knock and announce. So they went there and still 23 people say they heard no announcement, including Kenny, who says he, I I don't hear anything, and he calls the police on the police. Lenita, you and Sam, one second. You're good? You sound like you got the case. Me, we well, y'all might need to hire as co-counsel. We, we, we grew up. Down. And you we don't call the police on the police. Who no. calls the police? You ever did that? I call. never. So, hello. And you don't even say the police are here, Sam. You don't even say the police are here. We don't know why. We're here, Kenny. He doesn't say, well, I think there's cops right. outside my door. These cops didn't announce. Know. So you can they keep going, but they didn't announce. Okay, so that's the bottom line. Okay, well, you know, some people you got to get because they get... So now... Let's talk about the one guy. Yeah, the one guy. So, Tell me about the one yeah, guy. Yeah, so the one guy. So you got Daniel Cameron getting up here saying these cops knocked and announced. We've got this magic witness, you know, mm-hmm. who says, you know, he's, he was close proximity, whatever. He lived... These 23 lived just as close. So you get this one guy who doesn't speak very good English, mm-hmm. who is called on March 20th. And on this phone call, which is recorded, you know, you got the... LMPD, internal affairs. We, I, I try to use the words that everybody will know. Right. You know, we got these fancy terms. Like, right. But it, uh, internal affairs calls them. Basically says, you know, hey, did you, you know, what was going on? What's your story? First of all, the poor guy's story is all messed up. He says that SWAT's already out there by the time he gets outside. SWAT's not out there until 15, 20 minutes after Brown's killed. But then they ask him point blank, did you hear any announcing? No, there was no announcing. You know, they and then they me. reach out to him again. Hey, did you hear any announcing? No, there was no announcing. And then three months later, they reach out to him again, and who knows what happened, and who knows how they, you know, coordinated it, but at that point, he says he heard some announcing. We know from body cameras that afterwards, this guy, you know, he's there because he works late. His two-year-old daughter is babysat there. He picks her up, puts her in his arms, and leaves. And we hear him on SWAT body camera, you know, basically saying, I want to go home. Can I go home? And we're not even convinced that he went out into the hallway beforehand because all of his story relates to after SWAT is already on scene. He's saying all the officers had uniforms and we saw the big SWAT vehicle out there. So this magic witness. So basically you're telling me that the magic witness on two prior occasions said that he didn't hear any announcements. Didn't hear any announcements. And then third time, months later, magically... He remembers that he did it. Correct. And this is the the witness that they had to to um, corroborate 
this story that they did not get announced. Now, just to throw something in, though, the grand jury did hear from all of the, not all of them, but several other witnesses. They got to hear interviews. All of them told the grand jury through interviews, point blank. Nah, there was no, you know, there was no announcing. And this grand jury was a great grand jury. There is no way this grand jury was ever going to deduce that this was these officers were announcing. But the problem is, they didn't have any charges to uh, connect. Correct, and they weren't educated on self-defense law or the concept of initial aggressor or the conversion to not, you know, to a a knock and announce warrant. So, Daniel Cameron's trying to make it sound like this isn't a big deal. This is a very big deal. Very big. Yeah, and we know they weren't educated on self-defense law because. Daniel Cameron himself doesn't know the yeah. self-defense line. And you know that because of things he said. Because of things he said, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So we, we've heard, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. But we've heard that there were supposedly two other jurors. One juror has already got a lawyer that wants to speak up about. See, you like, happening. you with the phone calls in Kentucky because I only know about one. So and then I, I heard, I just seen on CNN that there's oh, another CNN, one okay. that wants oh, to so come. Oh, so I'm talking crap. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I'm just doing my research. He's right. Excuse me, I'm checked. You know, you know, I heard that um, there's another juror that yeah, wants to come. Yeah, came forward. That came forward, so. So Wednesday, you know, so, so I guess court hearings are going to decide, hopefully, whether or not these grand jurors are basically given immunity and protection to come out and speak their mind. Mm -hmm. And frankly, Daniel Cameron opened that door when he tried to put all this on them. They absolutely 100%, in my opinion, have the right to come out and basically set the record straight. As soon as that man decided to get up there and basically put it on them, they had the absolute right to say, how dare you, you never gave us the opportunity. It's going to be interesting to see if Daniel Cameron takes back his word from last week, which wouldn't surprise me. Last week, he basically said, we're not going to stop these grand jurors if they want to talk. Basically gave them immunity himself. But we'll find out by Wednesday if he's going to hold true to his word or if we're going to get some sort of response that says, no, wait a minute. We don't want him to talk. Like he needed more time to get the transcripts ready to put out, which, you know, like you said, I saw on your Facebook post, it was like, we want it done now, but you can understand why the judge would allow him to have additional time. And I think he asked for a week knowing that he would only get a few days. But if he had asked for a day, then, you know, it wouldn't have necessarily worked out as it did. I called him a coward. I'm, you know, just going to put it out there. And I'll tell Me you too. why. Wicked, too. I called him wicked. Well, it was wicked to have uh, Tamika Palmer drive there. I nothing. called him a coward because he didn't tell her. He didn't have the guts to he tell her. He didn't have the guts to tell her. The charges weren't were not related to Brianna. He is a coward because he didn't have the nerve to get up there and tell the country, we cleared these officers internally and we didn't give the grand jury an opportunity to actually even deliberate on them because you know what? As prosecutors, we have the discretion to clear officers and, you know, potential defendants internally and we chose to do that. He tried to put it on the grand jury. That's coward. You know what I call him? No, we don't want to know. Let's stick with Calvin. Oh, I want to know. You tell him off camera. Tell him off camera. This is street politicians. He's like Tamika Tamika Palmer. You got to call him all the time and say, take that down. Take that down. We're getting a wrap up So I can't get to say No, sir. Okay. I'm going to help you. But I call him that. So can we talk about what's next? Yes. We're going to wrap it up. But people want to know. You said a court hearing. We want to know there's hope, right? We want to know there's hope, Sam. We want to know that. There's some hope. Okay, so 
We've been scouring through case law and speaking with former attorney generals and all of this. And there's some hope, but we need help, okay? So in Kentucky, we got a Kentucky Prosecutor's Advisory Council. There was a judge who wrote an opinion once who says, point blank, an aggrieved victim like a Tamika Palmer in this situation. If she feels like a prosecutor was unwilling or you know incapable of presenting charges, that you can actually go to this body and this body can rule on it. And if they agree, they have the discretion to appoint an independent special prosecutor. Sounds like what we need, right? Yeah. Daniel Cameron's the head of that Prosecutor's Advisory Council. So Can I say what I call? No. <laughs> oh, come on. Now. Go ahead. All right. So, so obviously we need a recusal. We need to really put pressure on these prosecutors to show that the courage to do the right thing definitely takes precedence and is more important than trying to appease the head prosecutor in the state. It's about looking for potential prosecutors across the state that may be willing to actually say, hey, if this is a resource thing, I'd be willing to look into this. I'd be willing to take this on. So it's about <laughs> identifying some people that maybe have the courage to say, listen, you know, yeah, let me do it. I'll take it on. Um, and it's about putting pressure on Daniel Cameron to say, listen, you know, you don't think I did my job? Fine. I'll appoint a special prosecutor. That's a last resort if you ask me, though, mm -hmm. because then he gets to pick who he sends it to, and we've already seen how this political propaganda and system works. Do you really think he's going to send it to you know, a Democratic prosecutor that really has the courage, or a Republican prosecutor? That wasn't fair for me to say that. A prosecutor that's going to have the courage to really present to a grand jury, because that's all we're asking for, present and actually just give them the opportunity to indict. And either they do or they don't. And they do or they don't. And it would have to be a new grand jury. Yeah, our grand juries are set each month, so it would definitely be a new one. A new grand jury. And we got the federal investigation. Let's not forget about yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I know, but... But we want I justice for this. I think people also want, and that's a midnight after dark street politicians conversation, they want to know, like, what do we do to make Daniel Cameron pay for what he did in this situation? He didn't do his job. He wasn't professional. Um, you know, you guys have been saying that you feel like he was incompetent in many ways. I say that it was not incompetence to me because I think there were other people there who knew what to do. I agree. And that and that they made a decision mm -hmm. that is just, I mean, he thinks he can talk to us like we're stupid. And that, to me, makes mm -hmm. me feel so disrespected. So I guess elections have consequences. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the, the conversation that we've got to have uh, as a community to bunker down and say, how do we ensure that if he ever runs for office, not just here, but anywhere, anywhere that he would like to go, that we put a stop on his tracks or in his tracks immediately because he does not deserve to ever, to have this type of position, to have a position where this is a, this is not uh, that he's, you know, not just, I don't want to say just, but he's not the city council member, which is an important position as well. But this is the attorney general. Head prosecutor. The top cop, if you will, yep. in the state. And we have no faith. This community has been broken and, and broken by Brianna's murder. But beyond that, broken by an unjust system that continuously perpetuates violence against our community. And so we want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you all are doing. This wasn't enough Thank time. you for everything until freedom is doing. You, guys, you all have been you. such a blessing. Thank you, Sam. We don't want to see you leave. Uh, we we got to go home at some point. But we this wasn't enough. We got to have these conversations because what we're going to do is put this out 
and we're going to allow people to send us some questions of yeah, things sure. that they want to know so we can come back and talk specifically to the audience about things that they're trying to figure out. Hey, you never know. There may be some new prosecutors that are being groomed just because of Breonna Taylor. Yeah. And we just want to, we want to highlight because people don't know what to do. We don't know what the next stage is. So listening to you and you telling us what it is, whatever we can do with our platform to help that process, to educate people, to people in Louisville and let some of these prosecutors know we want them to step up, yeah. you know, and hold these people accountable. That's what we want to do. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you both so much. And everybody in Until Freedom. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Attorney Lanita Baker you know what and Attorney Sam Aguiar uh, have been with us today talking about Breonna Taylor. This is a series that we are doing on the Breonna Taylor matter. I'm not going to call it the Breonna Taylor case because she does not have a case, never had a case. Uh, the cases actually should have been against four officers, Brett Hankinson, uh, John Mattenly, Miles Cop. Uh, Cosgrove and Joshua James. Let's make sure we add the person who was responsible for the no-knock warrant application process that did all the lying in the first place. That's the that's who uh, have that's the people who should have a case. Uh, Breonna Taylor's life though matters, and so in the matter of Breonna Taylor, uh, we're going to be talking about this with a lot of people here in Louisville and across the country who have been a part of the efforts to get justice for her. You heard from her family. You've heard from her attorney. Now we're going to be hearing from some of the state legislators who have picked up legislation in Brianna's name, some of the activists that have been on the ground, and we want to hear from you. Yes, we do. Listen, once again, we might not always be right, and we might not always be wrong, and we definitely don't always agree, but we're going to always be authentic. Street politicians, peace. That's how we own it! This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details.